Oh, it's gonna be good. I'm really excited about this new series, okay? God really put this one on my heart, so make sure you guys come. You have those cards on your seats if you're here in person, and this card is not for you. Okay, you're supposed to take it and give this to somebody else to invite them to come to not a perfect church, <laughs> okay? But this series is gonna be really good for us. Um, so today we are talking about the ascension of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus. When Jesus ascended into the sky, into the clouds, and the ascension is one of these things that like, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever talked about it. As a preacher for 11 years now, I don't know if I've ever preached on the ascension. I looked in my huge systematic theology textbook, 1,300 pages, there were three and a half pages about the ascension. Like we just don't, like what is it about? The only time you ever hear about it is actually in memes. No, I'm serious. Like, have you seen some of these memes that, that are posted online? Maybe you've seen them on social me media. You see Jesus ascending into heaven, hands up, BRB. Be right back in case some of you guys didn't know what that means. Like, he's like, I'm coming back, guys. Um, or, or perhaps you've seen uh, this T-shirt, YOLO, LOL, JK, BRB, Jesus. And in case I need to interpret that for some of you, you only live once, <laughs> laughing out loud, just kidding, be right back, Jesus, okay? This is where you hear about the ascension, Jesus ascending, and it's, like, it's almost like a joke. And in fact, in John Chris's newest um, stand-up special that just came out a couple weeks ago, he had a, he had a joke about it. Like, it was his final joke, like his great joke for the night. And John Christ, he spells his name uh, C-R-I-S-T. So he said when he was a kid, they would get all sorts of telemarketers asking for Mr. Christ. And he's like, as a comedian, and even as a kid, he'd pick up the phone, and he was like, oh, this is going to be good. And he'd say, when the telemarketer would ask, like, is Mr. Christ there? He'd be like, sorry, he just left. Like, oh, you know, how long ago? And he's like, 2,000 years ago. And the, the telemarketer's like, well, when's he coming back? And he said, could be any second now. <laughs> could be any second now. And I was like, okay, so these are the jokes. We hear about the ascension in jokes, in memes, because I don't think we really understand what it actually means, okay? And that's what we're gonna talk about today because it is so important. We actually ha have this message. We're gonna be finishing up the gospel according to Luke, just the very last four verses as it talks about Jesus ascending into heaven and what it means that he was lifted up. Our message is called Lifted Up and what that means. Um, but actually, for the last two and a half years, we've been going through the gospel of Luke. So Luke, who was a historian, was investigating Jesus, interviewing eyewitnesses, and writing down his account. He was a smart guy. He was a doctor, but he also wanted to be like, if Jesus really rose from the dead, like, I want to know. So he investigated, wrote down his account. So for the last two and a half years, since December of 2019, we've been looking at this account of Jesus kind of on and off. And it's been in 13 different series, 69 messages. Today's the 69th message. And it started with this first one, Investigating Jesus' Origins. And this was a Christmas series as we looked because Luke, as the historian, went investigating. He probably went to Bethlehem, interviewed Mary, talked to the people that were there, and learned about Jesus' birth. And that was our first series. And then we moved on to the second series when we called it A Revolution Begins. Because Jesus being proclaimed by John the Baptist first, that, that people needed to repent because the Savior was coming. And then Jesus came, he opened up the Bible, the scroll right in the temple and declared he was the Messiah that everybody had been waiting for. He started this revolution. And next, our third series in Luke, um, we have the next one, was called Change Agents. As we saw that Jesus began to call these followers with him to change the world. He had to teach them and to train them about things like radical love, even for our enemies. And then in, in the following series, we called it Jesus Is. Because a lot of people say all sorts of things about who Jesus is. 
some good, some bad. He's a moral teacher. He's, he's fun. He's an avatar. All these different things. But we're like, no, no, no. When Jesus came, he actually proclaimed to be way more than that. The ultimate authority casting out demons. That he was the son of God. And he claimed it. Who he was. So then we moved on to, to look at some of the things that Jesus taught. And guess what? They were radical. In the Gospel of Luke, it's one of the most radical books there is because Jesus is like, leave everything. Don't even say bye to your dead dad at his funeral and come follow me. It's radical to come follow Jesus, to, to pick up your cross and follow him. And that radical life we looked at in the series as well. And then we moved on as we did a series called Untangled. Untangled because so much of our life gets tangled up in caring about what people think of us, how we look, whether we have enough money, and so much of our life gets, gets tangled up in the worries of this world and we learned how we could not worry but instead trust God. Then we moved on to a, a fun series called Doomsday Preppers. Remember this one? Doomsday Preppers, man, it was right in the pandemic and everybody's like, is this the end, is this the end? And we're like, actually, Jesus talked a lot about the end of the world. He did quite a bit, so we looked at his teaching in Luke about when the world was going to end, but what Jesus said, hey, it's not about digging a bunker or storing up all this stuff. You need to not prepare practically, but prepare spiritually for the end. And when you're thinking, oh, all these bad things happen, you need to repent of your sins and get ready for Jesus to come again. That's what Doomsday Preppers was. Um, and, and then uh, we got a little lighter from Doomsday Prepper in a series called Lost and Found. And it started with the series, story of the prodigal son as this son went and was lost but as he came back, the father gave this invitation to the lost sinner to come home, but also to those of us who are righteous and religious that we need to repent of our pride and self-righteousness and come home. And that's what we saw in the Lost and Found series. Next, we moved on to the series Unexpected Examples because Jesus didn't point to the religious people, the rich people, and say, be like them. He pointed to a widow so that we can learn that persistent prayer pays off. He pointed to a sinner and said, repent like that guy, and he also pointed to the little kids and said, follow their lead and go to Jesus with the heart of a child. The unexpected examples. Um, then we moved on um, to a series called Who's In, Who's Out? Because we all have these ideas, the relig religious people, the upright people, they're, they're the one going in. And actually it's God who determines who's in. And he looks at people's hearts. He saves people. And we need to be more like Zacchaeus, who was willing to climb up a tree and, and do whatever it, could, it takes to get to Jesus. He wouldn't let anything in the way. And that's who we need to be like if we want to get in. Then we moved on to a series called Flipping Tables. You remember when the table got flipped? This front row over here, Bob remembers when his coffee got knocked over. I literally flipped over a table because that's what Jesus did. In his last week of his life, he went into Jerusalem, he went into the temple, flipped over tables, drove out the people that were there because he was establishing himself as the king of the universe. And he came in strong language to proclaim the truth, flipping our religion on its head. And then we looked at a series called In Our Place, the last 24 hours of Jesus' life. We really slowed down and saw this because Jesus cried, he suffered, he even died in our place. He knows exactly what it's like when we're lonely, suffering, and sad because he experienced it in our place and ultimately to provide us atonement and forgiveness for our sins. And then on Easter Sunday this year, we continued looking at Luke, the Easter account in More Than a Story, just a one-day series, but that More Than a Story was so important because Easter is way more than a story. It is true and it's transformational. It's transformational. And then finally, now we are in our last series our last series called Shift. Because Jesus is like, I've been doing so much. We've been looking at who Jesus is. And now he's like, okay, I'm leaving. It's your job now. 
We've got to shift your mindset. You are the ones now who are supposed to proclaim the good news to the world. So you guys caught up now? Good. You guys ready to finish Luke today? Yeah, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. So what we're gonna learn today is, is a point, it's kind of made up of two separate points, and as we see today, what we're gonna see is first that Jesus lifted up his hands to bless us, and he was lifted up so we could bless others. Okay, see the two parts in there? He, was, he lifted up his hands to bless us, and he was lifted up so we could bless others. So let's look at the first part first, that Jesus lifted up his hands to bless us. And we're gonna see this in Luke chapter 24, verse 50. If you have a smartphone, if you don't have a Bible with you, that's totally fine. On your smartphone, you can use the YouVersion Bible app. And we actually have an event. You go to, on the bottom right-hand corner, hit more, then search for our Rise Church Denver event. You can take notes and see all the scriptures that we're gonna be covering and all the, the different quotes that we'll be looking at, all that good stuff right there in your app. So I'm gonna read um, verse 50 of Luke chapter 24. It says that when Jesus had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands, right? So there's that first part. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. So this first part, Jesus lifted up his hands and blessed them. He lifted his hands. I think this was just like a visual representation for people that they can see like, hey, there's a power from God coming. And it actually probably refers back to the very first priest, a guy named Aaron, first high priest. And when he gave a blessing that many of you have heard before, the Aaronic blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you, he lifted up his hands, it said that, so that he could bless all the people that were there. And Jesus is doing this as his final act, as our high priest. He's saying, I'm gonna bless you. From the Father, a blessing. Now, we've talked a lot about this word blessing because sometimes in the Bible it means happy, but not here. <laughs> this is actually a blessing. This means God's favor is coming down to you. And that's what Jesus is asking for. I want favor on you. I want good things for you. I want God to have his face shine upon you. And I wonder even if Jesus quoted those words from Aaron. We're not told what the words were, but we know that he spoke and it was a word of blessing on all of his followers there. It's a word of blessing. I think it's really fascinating. If you look at verse 51, it says, while he was blessing them. Do you guys see that? While. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Jesus' final act never stopped. Did you get that? He's blessing them. That's why his hands are up in all the memes, right? And all the, photo, the, the paintings you see of Jesus' ascension. His hands are up because he doesn't stop blessing them all the way up until they can't see him anymore. Luke would later write in the book of Acts that Jesus kind of like disappeared behind some clouds. They lost track of him. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Where did he go? We'll talk about it. But you can see here that Jesus is always blessing forever. He never stops blessing us. I don't know if you guys realize this. There's a great old hymn, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. And it has a line that Jesus is ever blessing, ever blessed, ever blessing. He never stops blessing us. And I'm saying this because some of you just need to ask him for some blessing. I'm serious. You don't even realize that he's there all the time to give you blessing. So when Jesus ascended into heaven, this was after 40 days that he had appeared in his resurrected body. So he died, they put him in the tomb. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Same body, resurrected form. And he's there 40 days, 500 people see him, they eat meals with him, they touch his body. It's, it's really him. And in that physical human body, he ascends into heaven. 
Jesus right now is in that same physical human body, seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. He's in his human body right now, and he's ready, willing always to bless us. That's where he is. That's his job now, (laughs) to bless us so that we can go to him. I find this such an amazing thing that we just need to, to grab hold of. You know, it's summertime, and if you're a mom, I know it's Father's Day, but if you're a mom, you are gonna mention these words a thousand times, and if you're a kid, you're gonna hear it 10,000 times. If you're a husband, you're gonna hear it 10,000 times too. Are you hydrated, right? Did you drink enough water, right? You say this about everything in the summer, don't we hear? Especially in Colorado, like, we're always dehydrated. Somebody comes and visit you, have you had enough water to drink, right? You're from out of town, oh, you need to drink some water, right? Don't we say this here in Colorado? We say it because you gotta stay hydrated. You always need more and more and more and you're gonna be depleted and you need more water, okay? In the same way, Jesus is offering us this blessing and we just need to drink it, okay, all the time. And when we feel, start feeling to get our mouth dry and dehydrated and all these issues in our life, well, have you had your blessing yet, right? Have you had your blessing yet? Like, Jesus is there seriously. Like, have you talked with him? Have you asked him for blessing for this day, for this thing, this item that's going on in your life, for your marriage, for your kids, for your church, for your work, for that awful situation with that person you don't like but you still have to spend time with. Are you asking for blessing there? When you're feeling anxious or depressed, are you asking him for blessing? We gotta grab a hold of it. Now, the book of Hebrews, I think, really goes into detail, explaining to us what actually it means that Jesus is ever blessing us. But I just wanna show you three verses from it that that I love. In in Hebrews 4.15, it says, Jesus understands Every weakness of ours. He gets it because he's a human physical body that's broken down and is weak. So whenever we are in need, we should come bravely before the throne of our merciful God. There we will be treated with undeserved grace and we will find help. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Like no matter what you're doing, grace means you could be a terrible, awful sinner, done, done something awful a minute ago and he still has grace for you. He still wants to help you in what you're struggling with because Jesus knows exactly what it's like to be weak and to be tempted. He gets it and he loves you and he wants to bless you. Let me show you another verse, Hebrews 5.2. It says, Jesus is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. That's right now. I say this because he can deal gently with the ignorant people and also the people who know better and are still sinning and being stupid. Did you know Jesus is still gentle and loving to you? You could have just done something awful. Jesus loves you. He cares about you in that moment. He can deal gently with you too. Your dad might spank you, but Jesus has gentleness for you, okay? That's amazing. Let me show you the third verse. Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Always lives. That's literally his job now. This is all he's about, interceding for us, helping us. This is why he's up there right now. This is why he had to ascend so he could help us at every single moment for always. That's pretty amazing, right? So the next time you're down and out and struggling or you've sinned and fallen, you have shame in your life because of what you've done. Ask for a blessing from Jesus. He's ever blessing. Stay hydrated. Stay blessed. Ask for blessings for other people too. That's what's so important about the ascension. That's the first thing. He lifted up his hands. He stayed there, lifting his hands all the way up. 
to bless us. There's blessing for us, always available. But there's a second aspect of the ascension that's so important for us. Jesus lifted up his hands to bless us, and he was lifted up so we could bless others. Look with me again at verse 51. 51, it says, while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven, right? So he's lifted up. You guys got that? Verse 52, then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They're happy, (laughs) very happy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. This is where the book of Luke finishes up. And if you didn't know this, Acts was written by Luke as well, the same historian, to talk about what happened in the early church. So it kind of picks up right here want to know well, like what happened next like you get to know what happened there. because at this point the disciples are still in Jerusalem they haven't gone into the world they haven't gone to other people to bless them actually because Jesus told them to stay there in fact if you look back um, at verse 49 if do we have that in there verse 49 um, in verse 49 um, Jesus said I'm going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high So he's like, I'm gonna go, so you need to wait for my power to be in you, the Holy Spirit that would come on them. And then you guys can go out and bless others. Now it's really interesting that it says that Jesus was taken up into heaven. In the beginning of Acts, it tells us that Jesus ascended and they were watching him go up and then he kind of went behind the clouds and then two angels were like, hey guys, what are you looking at? It's like this weird story, like why? But, but I always have the question, like why did he go up into the clouds? I remember asking this as a kid, like why? Like what's up with that? Like why in the clouds? Like I don't know. Because it's not like heaven is behind Jupiter, okay? Just in case you were wondering, it's not. It's not some like separate physical location. Like it's a whole nother like universe or something, right? I don't know how heaven works physically with our world. We don't get that yet. Maybe someday we'll understand. So why then did Jesus have to go up into the air? I've thought about this a lot, and I'm gonna tell you my, my theory with this, okay? But I think it's because when something is lifted up, it's elevated, it's exalted, it's something and someone we should worship. We lift up people on a pedestal. We literally say that. Don't lift up someone on a pedestal, right? Well, Jesus should be lifted up. And that's why immediately they started worshiping. And this is absolutely insane. This is absolutely insane because Jews were taught one thing. And Jesus was a Jew. His disciples were all Jews. They were taught one thing. There is one God. They were monotheistic when all the other religions worshiped millions and billions of gods. Every country, every region had its own God. Fertility had a God. The sun had a God. Okay, the moon had a God. There was a God for everything. But in Judaism, there was one God. It was radical in those days to worship one God. So now, these disciples who are Jewish, through and through, believe in one God, start worshiping Jesus. Everybody would have thought they were insane. Are you guys blasphemers? But finally, they recognize that Jesus is the one true God. That there's a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. If you don't get it, that's okay. There's a lot of things about God you don't get. Just be humble a little bit. It's okay. But they start worshiping him. He's lifted up for that reason so that he could be worshiped. And they're worshiping. They get it. They stay in the temple. They're like, we are worshiping the one true God. If any Jews would ask them, like, why are you worshiping Jesus? Because he's the one true God. Come in the flesh among us and now ascended back into heaven. And we must worship him. So he's lifted up for that reason. But I think there's also a practical reason why he had to be lifted up. 
so he could leave. Have you ever thought about this? If Jesus has a resurrected body that's going to last forever now, why didn't he just like stay and hang out? Like, why can we just be like, hey, let's go see Jesus. Like, it's been a while. Let's go hang out with him. This is why I think practically Jesus had to, to leave to be lifted up so that his disciples would do what they were supposed to do. <laughs> I'm serious. I know this because I'm a dad now. And as a dad, like, my job is to train my kids to do things so that at 18, and hopefully a little bit before then, when they go off into the world, they can do everything on their own, right? They go from doing absolutely nothing at the beginning, right? Except peeing, pooping, eating, and crying, right? That's like it. Barely any sleeping going on. Okay, they go from there to, now you've got to do everything on your own. Now it's hard to get them to that point because it's like, okay, I've been paying your bills, paying your bills. Okay, now you pay all your bills on your own, right? That's why people nowadays are like, adulting is so hard. It's because their parents didn't teach them how to do all that stuff. But that's our job, parents, right? It's our job, parents, so that at 18, we can release them and they know how to do it all on their own. That's a daunting task. But what I have discovered is as, as you start teaching them, at first you like kind of show them what to do, and then you have them do it while you're helping them, and then for a little while, and then you, they do it and you're, you're watching, right? This, this whole training steps, right? But, but the last step I think is the hardest because it's almost not until you leave that they actually start doing it on their own. With McKinley, like, we didn't even know that she could go over and, and get ice and then water for her cup out of the fridge until, like, we had left and we were upstairs and she, like, we just heard, like, the ice thing going. Like, before that, we always had to refill her water, right? We had to refill it. All, and all of a sudden, she's doing it on her own because we had left, okay? We had left. And sometimes it takes that way. Bosses, managers, or if you're being trained, you know it's the same thing, like this training process. It's not until like the boss gets out of the way that you can actually do your job. And until the trainer is finally like, okay, I'm out of here, and leaves, like physically leaves, that they actually do what they're supposed to do. Because it's always like, oh, we'll just rely on this person to keep doing the thing that they've always been doing. And I think that's what the disciples were doing. Jesus had trained them so well. He showed them how to minister to people, how to love people, how to, to teach the good news. He sent them out to go do it two by two. He came back. He, he's like, let's evaluate how it went. Oh, that was tough. Oh, that was great. Okay, cool. And then he kept sending them out. And then finally, he's just like, I gotta go, okay? Or else you'll never do what you're supposed to do. And I think that's the same reason why Jesus still hasn't come back because we have a job to do. It's up to us. There's a mission that he's called us to and it is to bless others. To bless others. He's like, when are you gonna do it? <laughs> and even right now, some of you, when are you gonna do it? If you've been a follower of Jesus for one hour, it's been long enough so that you can bless somebody else. You don't need to go through some three-year training program, sit in the pews for 10 years. We don't even have pews, so how can you do that? I don't know. It's not any of that. You can bless someone the moment you hear about Jesus and you tell somebody else about him. The moment you are loved by God and you begin to love another person. We are called to bless others. This was the calling for followers of God from the very beginning. In, in Genesis chapter 12, when God called Abraham, the first person he called personally, come follow me. He said, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great. Why? And you will be a blessing. And in verse three, he said, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is the reason why I'm blessing you and I'm cho choosing you and calling you so you can bless other people. The purpose is to be a blessing to the world. 
When he had them wait there in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came, it was so that they could go out and be a blessing. In Acts 1.8, Luke continues on what's going on, and these are some of the words Jesus said in this blessing. We get a little bit of details. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, the city where they were, you're gonna bless people. Judea, the region that they're in, you're gonna bless people. Samaria, the region next door that they didn't like those people very much. You gotta bless them. The ends of the earth, that's us. We are here today because the disciples did what they were supposed to do. Jesus had to leave so they would do it. (laughs) To be lifted up before they could go bless others. To be witnesses that there is a God who loves them so much that he sent his own son Jesus to die on a cross to atone for their sins. That Jesus rose from the dead on the third days so that anybody who believes in him can have a new life and one day eternal life in heaven that we could rise as well and live forever with him. That's the good news that we can bless people with. We can serve people. We can love people. We can listen to them. We can share meals with them. We can be good to our physical neighbors who live on our street, to our neighbors that are our coworkers, to people that we work out with at the gym. We can bless everyone. And we must bless everyone. You know, this morning on on my walk here to church, because you can't park in the parking lot if you're a regular here, okay? Let me just give you this, because we gotta bless other people who are visitors so they can park in our tiny little parking lot. That's why we got an eight passenger golf cart, right? But as I was walking here, um, I got a text from a guy that then in our church that I've been you know, spending time with and, and just helping along and, and he was dealing with some issues so I connected with him actually with another friend saying hey, spend time with this person they can really practically help you with their life so I got a text from him this morning he said my gratitude this, this morning this, my gratitude list this morning is the two of you I was getting a little emotional again, my life is profoundly improved my son thanks you as well keep up the good work of saving souls happy Father's Day it got, it got me, right? And it really got me because this is someone that I've cared for, loved, and tried to bless. And, and like to see that he is experiencing those blessings and he's now able to bless others in his life as well. You know, John, one of the other 12 disciples, would write this incredible line in his third letter, in 3 John verse 4. He said, nothing makes me happier than to hear that my children are living according to the truth. Nothing makes John happier than seeing somebody else being blessed because of what he's doing. And this wasn't for kids, okay? I think it applies to kids, right? You should hope that your kids are blessed by you. But it's spiritual kids, isn't it? And I think this is a really good word for Father's Day today. Because every single one of us can be a spiritual parent. Even if you've never had your own kids, even if you're estranged from your own kids, we can have spiritual children. We can be a father or a mother to someone in the faith to help them take steps of faith so that they can find salvation and then grow in their faith and learn to pray and learn to tell others about Jesus and learn the mission why Jesus had to leave so that we can bless others. And when you start seeing other people being blessed like your spiritual grandchildren, man, that's even greater. Nothing makes me happier than that. And it's true. When you can see someone take a step of faith because you bless them, wow, that's happiness right there. John knew it. John wanted us to know it. And I think that's why Jesus had to leave so we could be that happy by helping others follow Jesus. That's our mission here. We help you follow Jesus so you can help others follow Jesus. We're all in this mission together. 
Jesus had to ascend so he could send us out on mission. Did you hear that? Jesus had to ascend so he could send us out on mission. He had to leave. He had to say, okay, I'm out of here. Now you guys do it. I wonder if he was like behind the clouds just like peering for a second. You guys gonna do it? Come on. Here's the thing. And I'm saying this too on Father's Day. Men, we can get so focused on on these things in our life that we feel like they can give us adventure and purpose. Going hunting, yeah, we gotta get something. Okay, make a ton of money and build a business, yeah. Play some video games, yeah, kill some bad guys. There's all sorts of things that we do so we can be part of something bigger so that we can win. Well, guess what? There's no greater purpose than joining Jesus on his mission. I mean that. You want your life to matter? It's not gonna be in video games. It's gonna be in the mission that God called us to, that Jesus entrusted to us, turning it over to us, saying, you got this. Take the baton. This is important because the gates of hell are coming against us. The enemy wants to take us out. We are at war right now and we must help more people find salvation. Are you in or are you out? I like that. Anybody else in? Mark Batterson, a pastor out in D.C., he said this, quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Okay, we're involved in the greatest mission of the world, the redemption of the entire planet. That we have a word that can bring blessing and salvation and eternal life to people. That we can love them and serve them until they finally say, okay, maybe, I don't like you Christians, but fine, you guys are pretty nice. (sighs) Maybe I'll come to church with you. Maybe when you give them this card this week and say, just come check out this series at our church, Perfect Church. We're not it, but come anyways. Because our world needs a better church, doesn't it? We're striving for it. That all those things can help further this mission that we are called. Jesus said that. He's like, as the Father sent me in John 20, 21, I am sending you. And he left so we'd actually do it. So I hope today you have a better understanding of why Jesus ascended, the ascension. It's not for memes. It's not. It's not for jokes. He lifted up his hands to bless us and always bless us. And he was lifted up so we could bless others. So we're gonna end the service today. We're not gonna do a song, but I want to do one last thing. I want everybody to stand up on their feet. I want everybody to stand up on your feet. And I'm gonna say a blessing over you guys and send you out today. Sound good? Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for empowering us with your spirit. God, we are so glad that we could look at Jesus, that Luke would write down this account so we could have a historically accurate account of what actually happened with eyewitness testimony. Oh, we're grateful for that. We're grateful that we can learn from Jesus, be blessed by him, encourage, grow in our faith, and go out to love others. But more than that, Lord God, we're glad that you're sending us out. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless every man, woman, and child in this room today, that they would realize that they are part of something so much bigger, something so much more important than anything else in their life. Your mission to redeem the world. And would you send us in your power, in your spirit, that we could see a movement in our city, 
and in our country and in our world, that it would be transformed by the power and the love of Jesus who died on the cross for us. Lord, send us out in that power today and help us shift our mindset so we'd realize we are blessed so we can be a blessing. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.